Welcome to another edition of The Big Picture with Pastor Larry Raglan. I want you to get ready for a word that's going to change your life. Share this podcast, like this podcast, and give us a five-star review. We sure would appreciate it. Now, without further ado, let's get in to the next edition. I'm preaching better than you shouting. He said, there'll be two men in the field. One will be taking the other left. Two women be grinding in the meal. One will be taking the other left. Watch therefore that you, for you do not know the hour that your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched. And not only would his house not be broken into, therefore you must also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. We have to be ready. Now watch this. I want to show you something about this passage that God spoke to me about how we are going to be ready. How this church, my church, and this remnant generation makes themselves ready. It's not just that you're looking up at the sky. It's not that you just know uh, eschatology and end times events and prophecy and, and you know everything you need to know about the mark of the beast and the, and, the, and the false prophet and all these things. You need to know all those things. You need to study them. But can I tell you something? Most of the things that people are experts on when it comes to end times event, they're experts on events that I personally believe for the believers we're not even going to have to deal with. We're going to be gone. Whether you believe it or not, I still believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. You may not believe in it. It's not a salvation issue. You may want to go in, in the, at the beginning. You might want to go in. The, you might think you're going in the middle. Something that's called mid-tribulation. Some of y'all think the church is going to go through the tribulation and you're post-tribulation. You know what? I ain't got no problem with you if you post-tribulation. You can stay here if you want to. They're going to need some good people, huh? Now. It's 8.05 if you're taking medicine. I don't want you to miss your pill. I got a longer drive to church tomorrow than y'all do. Now, as in the days of Noah, if we're, going to, if we're going to understand that the days of the coming of the Son of Man are going to be like the days of Noah, then we need to understand the days of Noah. Right? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it, wouldn't it benefit us to actually know what he's talking about? Genesis chapter 6 says this. Now, this is the days of Noah, by the way. Genesis chapter 6. Now, listen how deep this is. Now, it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days and afterward. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them, those were mighty men who were of old, men of renown. These are the giants that we read about in Scripture. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. Does that sound familiar? Are you with me, church? And the Lord was sorry. Can you imagine being a generation that would cause the Lord to, to have regret? And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. Do you believe that God is grieved right now? I do. I believe he's grieved by what he sees happening in this world. But I also believe he's grieved by what he sees happening in some churches. 
probably more than what he sees happening in the earth. Because here's the here's the deal: you can't get mad at a sinner sinning. They're a sinner. They're just doing what sinners do. But when you allow that mess to come into the church and the church should know better and church people should know better, that's what grieves the Lord. When the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great, was earth in the evil intent. He was sorry that he made man on earth. He grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man in whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. What a statement. What a statement for God to say, for I am sorry that I have met them, made them. Watch this. But here's what's so awesome. How many of those but can turn everything around? Huh? Huh? But can turn everything around. But can stand in your way and but can block things. Sometimes you can have a big butt. But sometimes a little butt can become a big butt. Some of y'all need to get your butt out of the way. But some of y'all need to embrace this butt. You ever heard a preacher say, but God. Somebody shout, but God. Oh, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The first thing I want to tell you about the Noah generation is this. It's going to grieve God what he sees happening right now. He's grieved by what he sees. I'm grieved by what I see. But if there was a Noah that found grace in the eyes of the Lord, there is a Noah generation. Because they know what Jesus said. Jesus said, you want to understand the end times? Understand Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Can I tell you, in the midst of utter chaos, in the midst of utter rebellion, in the, in the, in the midst of utter demonic activity that you see in the, every, on your left and your right, but in front of you and behind you, there is a Noah, there is a generation that is in the middle right now that is alive today that has found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There is a remnant who has not bowed. There is a church who has not turned away. There is a people who still believe God. There are preachers that are still preaching. There are women and men of God that are still worshiping. There are still churches that have an altar. There are still people. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There is a Noah. There is a Noah in the midst of a Noah generation when people are giving and taking in marriage and doing every lewd thing you can imagine in the middle of it all. You can't see them sometimes, but let me know you. Let me tell you something. They're there. They've always been there. There's always been a Noah. There's always been a Noah generation. There's always been a lot in the middle of Sodom and Gomorrah. There's always been somebody. There's always been a generation in the middle of chaos that God knew about. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Eli Elijah's up here on that mountain bragging on himself. It's just you and me, God. We're the only ones left. Ain't nobody else but me and you. God said, let me tell you something. You might be my prophet. You might be the one that I brought fire down from heaven from. But let me tell you something, Elijah. You ain't me. You don't know what I know. You can only know what I let you know. Look down at the bottom of that mountain. I got 7,000 people at the bottom of that mountain that ain't never bowed a Anita Bell. Nobody knows their names, but I do. You don't know who they are, but I do. 
I can take you to every one of their houses. Come on, somebody. I know exactly where they live. There is a Noah. If the days of Noah will be like the days of the coming of the Son of Man, then you can't forget that part of Noah's story. You can't just talk about the condition of the world in Noah. You still gotta remember Noah. You still gotta remember Noah's family. You still gotta remember the ark. You ain't got no Noah's ark story without the ark. You ain't got no Noah story without a flood. You ain't got, you nobody even knows who Noah is without what he did and what God did for him. We don't know the Noah story because of the condition of the world. We know the story of Noah because God found a Noah in the midst of that condition and used an example that a man could be in the middle of the worst of all. Can you imagine? I'm talking about, listen, this man, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, this man worked for over 100 years building an ark. He gave an altar call every single day for over 100 years and no one ever came to the altar. No one ever came. No one ever accepted his message. There ain't a pastor on this earth that would preach for a hundred years if God would give him that time. And every sermon, every, I mean, every song, everything geared towards that altar. And in a hundred years, nobody ever gets saved. Nobody ever go through the growth track. Church wouldn't never add it to. Gonna stay in the ministry. Please. They gonna stay in the ministry. Uh-uh. They'll shut the doors. Are y'all hearing me? But here's a man. You can't call, you can't say it's in the days of Noah without talking about Noah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Noah got a word from God to do something, to prepare for something coming that had never happened before. Are y'all still with me, church? I know what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, there's that word again, gathering together to him. We ask you to not be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by the word of the Lord or the letter as it is from us as though the day of Christ has come. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day, there's those words again. Jesus said there come a day. Here's Paul said, that day will not come unless there's a great falling away comes first. Preachers preach about the great falling away. They need to, to warn us of it. And let me tell you something. We see it happening, don't we not? I'm not trying to be critical. But, but you could easily think about people that a year and a half ago you saw in church every time you came here, but you ain't seen them since. Some of them have medical issues that they're still, in, still dealing with. Some of them just quit. Some of them, if you run into them at Walmart, tell you they watch it every Sunday. But they're lying. They don't. They're not watching every Sunday. And if they even turn it on, 
they're not, they're not watching for the whole service. Because when you're watching at home, it's too easy to get up and go get you another cup of coffee. While you're in the kitchen, get a little distracted. You get a text, got to answer that text. You're still looking up the screen. Everyone's like, it ain't the same. We have a generation that is falling away. Can I get an amen? But wait a minute. Noah had a whole world that fell away. At least we got each other that's in this room. While we all tore up about who's not here, we forget to honor the ones that are. Come on. On a Saturday night, I wasn't going to talk about it. There's a ball game played today. Some of y'all might not like the outcome. If we're going to talk about it, I'm trying to honor you here. I'm trying to honor you because it had been easy for you to be so mad, I'd stay at home tonight. <laughs> Come on. Come on, brother. I've been there, baby. But you came. Why? Because being in the presence of God is important to you. It's priority to you. And if there's ever been a time that we need to gather, it's now. Because let me tell you something. If we're the Noah generation, there's going to be a Noah people. And Noah people are not going to quit. And Noah people are not going to fall away. Noah people show up a hundred years later when nobody ever comes to the altar. They still keep swinging the hammer. Noah people still keep preaching a fuddy-duddy message that people say are no longer relevant anymore. The Bible says in those days they'll say, where is this God you say is coming? They will be scoffers and mockers. Are you hearing me? Making fun of your message. But Noah kept swinging the hammer and kept preaching the gospel. Somebody shout real loud. I am a Noah. Y'all don't even, y'all can't, can't handle where I'm going. Y'all be thankful I'm skipping over some stuff. If, okay, that's your, that's your pastor's fault. I'm going back. No, I'm just kidding. There's no doubt there's a great falling away in this world and at this time. But I want you to know that it's not all Jesus was referring to when he was talking about the days of Noah paralleling the end times. You can't know the story of Noah. You can't say as in the days of Noah and only talk about the condition of the heathen in the days of Noah. You have to tell the story of Noah. Come on, can I get an amen? You have to tell what, who and what Noah was to cause God in the midst of all creation to be sorry that he even made man but look down and find a remnant man to say, wait a minute. I'm not gonna kill them all. I'm not gonna wipe them all out because they're not all against me. There is a remnant. It's small, it's minute, 
in regards to the population of the world. It's finite. It's so little that if you scan back from a drone image, Noah was standing in the midst of the crowd, in the midst of the people of the days of Noah, you would never be able to see who Noah was. He was an insignificant dot in the midst of people. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace, unmerited favor. I've heard it said before and it needs to be said again. In the New Testament, there's not a, there's not a boat made of, 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 of gopher wood, of some type of wood and put together with rooms and all in it. It's now called the church. The church is supposed to be the ark. What is an ark? An ark is a place of safety. An ark is a place that will take you above the attacks of the world and keep you and preserve you for future days. He didn't just preserve. Here's, you wanna talk about the days of Noah? How about this promise? Remember when, he, when Peter said this promise, meaning the power of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament is for you. It is for your children. It is for your children's children. It's for your babies and it's for your grandbabies. And listen, let me tell you something. God said, if you want to talk about Noah, not only did Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but when Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, Noah's family found grace in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> the church is supposed to be the ark in the New Testament. We have a better, better promise based on better principles, a better covenant. This ark, that ark took 100 years to build. This ark is still under construction 2,000 years later. We're still adding rooms. We're still building on the church, the church of the living God, the church the church was not man's idea. The church is not religious. The church was God's idea. He told them, tarry in Jerusalem in the upper room till you shall receive the promise of the Father. Let me tell you something. It was God's idea to create something called the church. You don't get to decide the church is no longer relevant. You didn't make the church. Man did not make the church. The church is still relevant. But it's a remnant. It's a Noah generation. It's a Noah church. It's small. In the grand scheme, when you scan the United States of America and you scan the condition of the world, it's hard to find the Noahs right now. But just because you don't see them don't mean they ain't there. Thank you for joining us on The Big Picture with Pastor Larry Raglan. Make sure you like this podcast. Give us a good review and we sure would appreciate it. Share this podcast with a friend. And stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up very, very soon. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed day.